Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute. This is the podcast about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where we hope to turn a few prairie dog heads. I'm Pete Mummer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Taylor. I'm Jerry Porter. And one more time, we're very excited to welcome back Jennifer Lavasser from the Smithsonian Space Historian. Welcome back, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, we'd love talking to you last minute on Wednesday. And today we're going to be talking to you about minute 18. And minute 18 begins with Indy and Dovchenko taking a really fast subway ride through the Washington, D.C. metro. And it ends with a very discombobulated Indy hiding in the bushes from the approaching Russians. And yeah, A, this looks almost exactly like those stations in the D.C. metro downtown. Like the, <laughs> yes. the patterns on the walls. <laughs> what What is that noise? How would you describe the noise? It's, that, it's it, weird. It, it's like a beeping. It's like a... I don't know what it is, but it well, sounds one amazing. One of them sounds like one of those, uh, like, this is a test. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Remember those? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It goes, yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. only a test. Yeah. Exactly. Had this been an actual Indiana Jones movie, you wouldn't be all bothered by all this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what what the sound is, but it, like when you listen to it with headphones, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And whenever I see a ship going through or anything, any like object going through a tunnel like that, it's always uh, Buck Rogers or uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. It's launching out of those <laughs> Or it makes me think of, um, is that how it starts when you, if you ride, um, what's the ride at Disney World? Um, oh, uh, Space, Space Mountain. Mountain? Yeah. 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 Kind of the same idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's very cool. It's definitely not like the tunnel in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> no. That one's slow and scary. <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> Can I just say that Space Mountain is about 10 times better if you get to sit in the very front? Oh, really? Like, it's amazing really? when you sit in the very front because you don't see anybody in front of you. You just see darkness. Oh, nice. Wow. It's, That's cool. Yeah. If, if you get a chance, you, they'll let you wait. Like if you get in and you're in the middle of the, of the, the roller coaster... To ask yeah. it to wait to be first for the next one, and they'll let oh, you sit cool. in the front. It's 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 worth the wait. My son hated Space Mountain. I felt bad. It's because he oh, really? sit in the front. <laughs> maybe maybe because he didn't sit in the front. He's all excited because like you're like getting on and it's like a big spaceship and the whole thing is all futury and Buck Rogersy and everything and he's all excited and then we got on. He's like, oh my god, that was hard. Like it took us like ten minutes to get over it. We're just like, oh, really feel good. Yeah, I don't. Oh, think, yeah, wow. I think. Okay. My wife and I are just kind of past the age for roller coasters, and I think he's just not quite there yet. Huh. So we're all oh, kind of like, uh, stupid Space Mountain, like kicking it <laughs> on guessing the way. Guessing you're not. Go- I'm guessing you're not going to Cedar Point anytime soon, though. <laughs> oh, see, I love Cedar Point, and there's a couple of uh, the, the Iron Dragon at Cedar Point. He likes a lot. Oh. Where you're kind of hanging underneath. That's disgusting. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> All the roller coasters, you picked the Iron Dragon? What's wrong with the Iron Dragon? Oh, you know, with the, I know the Iron Dragon, awful. you're hanging. Yeah, and the like the all the like because of the G force or whatever, all the blood rushes <laughs> to your feet. Yeah. And I remember being on that thinking 
I'm gonna I'm gonna bleed out because my feet are gonna explode. <laughs> like I imagine you're step big, off and your feet are just gonna pop. Like yeah, just like cartoon tomatoes where my feet were gonna be. It's that oh, was the disgusting. coolest ride in about 1993. So. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> we're behind the times a little bit. Oh, I could not get I, I passed that. I did that once, and I said never again. Talk about your, you know, your your rocket sleds figuring out what they're going to do your body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, it did. It does that acceleration thing is actually, you know, um, I think it's been used well in in roller coasters in a few places where it is a surprise. So they mm-hmm. just took down one here. There's a, um, it's owned by the same company that that uh, Cedar Fair, who owns Cedar Point, now mm-hmm. owns Kings Dominion and <gasps> Kings Island Kings and Dominion. that whole chain. <laughs> I used so to they live have around one there. there. I love that place. Yeah. There is, there used to be a ride there that opened in the 90s called Volcano, and they just shut it down this year. But it had this great thing. The first time I rode it with my now husband, um, but back when we were dating, we, I took him on the ride, and I had been on it before. And he and I both love roller coasters, and so we get in this ride. It's, it's sort of like the Iron Dragon in its um, configuration, so your feet are dangling. There's no car underneath you, though. There's just dangling. And basically, you leave the station, you make a left-hand turn, and as soon as the last car turns, it just shoots you straight forward really, oh really fast, and you come out the top of this volcano. And <laughs> the faces of people, when they that happens, it's just... And that's when they take the picture of you, too. So <laughs> you have evidence of your shock when you accelerate like that. So. Imagining yeah. you on that date. Are your feet going to barf, too? Yeah. <laughs> that's when i knew he was worried about his I feet was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well you know one question i have about this whole the geography of this area 51 thing so they're at the beginning of the movie they're on the ground right <laughs> yeah like they're on the ground and then mm-hmm. <laughs> they go well, through they, the whole thing and the okay go well, ahead they, when they're in the warehouse and then they fall through yeah. that window. So I guess they're underground. Yes. Yeah. But And then see, okay. Do you see where I'm going with this? And then the rocket shoots out of a tunnel and they're of oh, the tunnel and they're on the ground. So maybe they're it's at the a, back of the warehouse. that's built on a little hill, like a, it's a split level. Yeah. Sled. Is that, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess that's what it is. It's like, there's a little, I mean, my grandparents' I, house is like that. You go in on the ground floor, but then you go out the back door, and there's suddenly yeah. like a drop. You're like, you know, you're up, you're up high on the second floor. Yeah. All okay. All right. That's that's totally it's totally believable for mid fifties. You know. Yeah. Architecture. Yeah. They hit, well, there is you know around Area Fifty One, there is like you know that place Yucca Mountain, right? Where mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of like, isn't that where all the nuclear waste is? That's why they call it Yucca. <laughs> I, I believe right, yeah. so. Yeah, I think. I, I, I guess my point is there are there are these big mountains and mounds and up and downs and mountain. I, I, it's yeah. totally possible that that this geography large ant hills too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gorgeous shot though. Is it's rocketing down the track like it does? It it's all lit up. And I even and I Tom, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but even the prairie dogs lit up is a beautiful shot. <laughs> <laughs> just the lighting on them is, is I actually wonderful. hate you for saying that. <laughs> Are those but there's CGI, right? Am I am I wrong on that? Yeah. No, I think you're correct. Pre- I think yeah, you're correct. I think they're pretty fake, which is I think unfortunate. Sock puppets. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of the prairie dogs at all, but I like the lighting on them. See, I'm I'm upset that they interrupt that really beautiful shot with those silly yeah. hedgehogs. You know, what would have made a lot more sense is if you've ever watched sort of these kind of launch videos and, um, you know, any many movies that have been made and there's a rocket launch in them. One one thing that's uh, always looks really good is if you see it reflected in a in a window or glasses. Hmm. So I'm thinking of I think it's the right stuff where there's the launch of John Glenn or one of the astronauts and they have a. um a shot of a guy wearing these uh, glasses. He's kind of, I think he's got a mustache or something. And um, you see it reflected in his glasses and he says, go. And it's just, it's really oh, beautifully yeah. done. Yeah. It's just this really yeah. elegant. So unfortunately, <laughs> it's not that elegant this time, but it still looks good. Yeah. So do the, do the you know, are the prairie dogs used to this? <laughs> it's like the 10th time they've like, tested yeah. this thing. Like, yeah. Oh, there we go. I don't, I don't really quite, I mean, to, to pull a Tom here, I don't quite get what they're doing in this movie. Yeah. It's like they made the model of the hedgehog for one shot. And they have to keep <laughs> using it. Jennifer, you, you work at the Smithsonian. <laughs> can you can you tell us why why are they in this movie? <laughs> Wrong building. They're across, they're across the hall, across the mall in this case. As a spokesman for the entire Smithsonian network, yeah. please explain. <laughs> Well, then we get uh, uh, Mac out of breath. Well, first, the, some soldiers load the uh, the alien coffin into Spalco's Jeep. And mm-hmm. then Mac jumps in beside her, and he looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Like, he does not look well. <laughs> you just saw 20 guys get barbecued yeah. to death. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to make yeah, it feel that better. Could really, that could really make a bad impression. And ruin your day. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah. she, says, she says, you did Vel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wondered, did did Mac do Vel? Yeah, I don't know if he did Vel. No, I don't yeah, know if he, he did do? either. I well, mean, I, I mean, Indiana Jones, did he got away. Indiana Jones yeah. got away. I don't I mean, think that's, but that's on, on Mac, all though. of them. They were all yeah. shooting at him. Mac did have a gun to his head and yeah. still managed to not kill him. I think Mac did his job. I think I think Mac was the one that did his job. I think everybody else maybe dropped the ball a little bit. But what exactly did he do? Vel. Like what job did he do? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> did he do it, Vel? No. I think he, this he this did... is a little microcosm no, a for this movie. Huh. You know, it's like, Mac, you did Vel. And you're like, where? Like, all he did was give himself <laughs> up as a, as, a, as a double agent. Yeah. Like, you know, and so now Indy doesn't trust him anymore. And now that Indy's still alive and they still want to get rid of him, I guess. They but after be... Indy had the gun, Mac basically disarmed him. So like Indy no, but by that point, well, sure. I guess so. Yeah, Indy would have gotten away for sure at that point. If Does, maybe hadn't. she just means like, thanks for bringing Indy to Area Fifty One <laughs> with you in a trunk, <laughs> yeah. yeah, tied up in a trunk next to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was nice of you. It's just it's an interesting line. His duty. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's it's meant. I guess to just be like, yep, Max with these guys. Yeah, like she's 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 got them. She's you know whatever. She's his boss now or something. Yeah. But it does seem weird. Yeah, like, it's awfully nice of you to say that I did Vel, because I'm not <laughs> sure I did. Yeah, I mean, would you get that kind of a compliment in, you know, sort of the that that era of the Soviet Union, you know, are people going yeah. around complimenting each other for very <laughs> right. seemingly insignificant effort. contributions. <laughs> yeah. We're not all monsters. <laughs> we, yeah. Can, <laughs> we can parse out compliments. 
<laughs> Everybody gets a blue ribbon. <laughs> For those, yeah. But, We've done Belle. But this is just, I mean, any appearance by her, you know, I this is, if this movie is meant to be a sort of, um, you know, a bit campy, a bit, um, you know, if it was intentionally done this way, she, she nails this. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to think of a time when I've seen her in something when she hasn't done exactly what she should do in yeah. a role. Um, you know, as kind of silly as this movie is, and you know, all of them are to some degree in certain places, you know, she just, I can't, I can't imagine anybody else getting it this right. You know, she, she's just got that, the right accent, the right, you know, look, just everything, literally the look she gives him, you know, it's just, it's just there. She's, she well, rocks. I, I do keep wondering, I, th- I meant to bring this up earlier, but do we, what about Angelica Houston? Wouldn't Angelica Houston have been an amazing Spalco? I just heard her on Mark Maron the other day, and it was really awesome. And she's done characters like this, and she's really good at it. Morticia Adams up against Indiana Jones. Those are that's laughter of agreement, and I appreciate it. How about Fran Drescher? Fran Drescher would have been a great Spalco. No. You're doing it wrong. Throwing out random names. Doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't know. I I I agree that you're that that she's really awesome in this, and that and I love Kate Blanchett. But I there's often something, and I think we've talked about it a little bit. There's something a little bit not quite perfectly awesome to the point where I am sort of like looking for somebody else to be in this movie sometimes in that role. For me, anyway. I still feel like. Like, I agree that she brings a lot to this role, but at the same time, I still find this role, maybe it's the character itself, herself, very forgettable. Like, it's hard for yeah. me to get a good handle yeah. on what happens in this movie. Hmm. Well, that's, yeah. what, that's that's one of the problems when the, you know, the writers and directors don't draw the characters well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jennifer, I think, might be disagreeing with us. Like, so you, I, you I think see Jennifer this, is disagreeing with us, and she works at the Smithsonian, which means we're wrong. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're wrong. <laughs> I don't have any authority over this. No, I mean, I my think in terms of, I, I have to say, I mean, yeah, you have to remember, I mean, my, especially my more immediate reaction to this is definitely colored by having watched the Chernobyl miniseries recently and thinking mm-hmm. about how, um, in particular, uh, women from, you know, Western countries like, you know, Emily Watson or Kate Blanchett, you know, sort of people from, you know, our neck of the woods, so to speak, how they play roles for women in, and, and her, I, I mean, I think having this as a female character is an interesting thing too, because it's mm-hmm. not classically what you would think of as the you know I, I don't know how I, I don't know that I feel I ever really understand like why she's doing this or what her like where does this all come from in terms of character development she's I don't quite get all the way there but I think if you were going to have somebody do it she's the right kind of actress to do it she can mm. sell it yeah you know she's convincing mm-hmm. and I think that's where I'm going with that is it, it's a can she plays it convincingly I don't disbelieve you know all oh, this can't hmm. possibly be a soviet woman um so i mean for the for the part she has to play uh-huh. she, she knocks it out of the park for me um do i believe that she could really be a you know soviet woman you know like sort of in her little power jumpsuit doing all this kind of stuff <laughs> i don't know um you know it, that's a hard it's a hard sell i think no matter you know 
who would have played it at that point. Yeah, um, sure. Well, Helen, Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen Mirren was a great Russian in 2010. <laughs> well, this is a little bit, but potentially uh, one of the um, um, God, what's Steven Spielberg's wife's name? See, forgettable. Willie Kate Scott. Capshaw. Oh my gosh. Kate Capshaw. How and... could you forget that? <laughs> <laughs> He'll never come on the show. <laughs> one, of the, one, of those, one of those, you know, like Willie versus Kate Capshaw. She did a great job acting, but the character, yeah, yeah. yeah the character was not, they didn't, she didn't have a lot to work with. That Maybe that's, yeah, yeah what we have with mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett a little bit. And Elsa, same thing happened to Elsa. I thought yeah. Elsa and Duty did a really nice job. Elsa, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm. I see a pattern forming here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of which only Karen Allen seems to have escaped. But does she? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, really oh. interesting. I don't get to comment okay. on that. Those well, aren't well, my listen, minutes. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on. Let me, let me throw this out. We're getting a little big here. A little big. We're talking about the entire <laughs> franchise. <laughs> but who, who in all four movies, or can you think of anyone in, you know, extended out, that does escape fully is a solid character through and through and through and through. Yeah, there's several. Okay, name one. Belloc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tote. Yeah. Anybody who died in Raiders came out fine. Okay. Yeah. Everybody died in Raiders. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. But the people, so like Marcus, Sala, Marion. You don't think Indy comes through? You don't think he? I mean, he's the main character. I don't know if that's just. A <laughs> I do think Indy basically <laughs> comes through. I think. He yeah. yeah, I think comes he does through, too. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. Indy comes through. Yeah. And you know they they wanted to or. Uh, uh, Jonathan Reese Davis wanted to come back for this movie, and Spielberg was only going to put him in a small part, so he declined, I believe. Yeah, he was just going to be in like would, the wedding. Yeah, he said scene. it would cheapen the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I, it's interesting. Would that have would that have redeemed the character for you, Jerry? Hmm. Like I don't if he'd know. Shown up and had a flower that squirted water or something, or. <laughs> Would he? Would he have? Yeah. Would he have made it farther in the um, the little uh, sweet sixteen thing that you guys did a while back? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like by the time he got to this movie, he would have like tripped over the church pews and would have knocked them all over like dominoes, and it would have. <laughs> See, I totally yeah. forget last season. I I, I feel like I kind of liked Sala in, in uh, Last Crusade, didn't I? Or like you know, I was expecting to be more bothered by him, and I think I ended up being okay with him. So That's maybe for me, he still comes through unscathed-ish. Well, what okay. what about what about uh, Henry Jones, Sr.? Yeah. He's only in one movie, but he's yeah. I mean, he's only in one movie, I know. What can you but, say yeah. wrong about cheating. Sean Connery? <laughs> from, from, yeah, from start <laughs> yeah. to finish, he's totally great. Yeah. And he's not in Raiders, so that's somebody who's not in Raiders. But mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Short well, round? Well, um, <laughs> maybe, to, maybe to bring this to a screeching halt. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. We can we can pass here to the rocket sled making a very fast stop, um, and in the rocket sled, after they rocket down the track, they uh, splash into some water. And first of all, Jerry, this reminds me when you drive on the grapevine, uh, which for those of you not from California, are the mountains that you drive over going into or out of Los Angeles. There's a, yeah, a stretch the, of Interstate the, Five called they call the grapevine, the Tahone Pass. Yeah, the Tahone Pass. And all the way down the, the steep part, if you're driving north towards San Francisco, when you're going down the steep 
part of the mountain, they have all these turnouts that are filled with sand. Like if you're driving a semi truck, <laughs> oh, wow. you, you just steer off to the side and your, your truck gets buried in sand. Like if your brakes go out and you're out of control. And I've always wanted to drive into those. <laughs> always, always, always. So full speed. Yeah. You know, my, my best memory of the Tahone Pass is when I first moved here and I got off the side of the road just uh, briefly at, at some random exit and it was it was very quiet and desolate and I saw a roadrunner. <laughs> wow. Like an actual roadrunner. Uh-huh. And it was in the home. road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Held up a little sign that said, yikes. <laughs> no, it, uh, that is such a beautiful area. I love that. And it's weird because if you're driving into LA, it'll, it'll be covered with snow or it'll be it, like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> they, they have to close it every once yeah. in a while like in in march or you know april it'll it'll be close like it'll be warm and sunny in la but the the tahone pass will be will be snowed shut <laughs> um i you know i but oh. well i was gonna say i have a question about this water yeah slowing down mm-hmm. now yeah the, these are all I mean, like areas... the end of a water ride at cedar point right yeah <laughs> like the, the log jam i believe yeah, exactly. the nesty plunge go. Well, you know, the thing that's confusing to me is Area 51 is Groom Lake, right? And those are famously like dry lake beds. (laughs) They're dry lakes. Mm -hmm. So what's up with all this water in a dry lake? Like one of the driest parts of the country. Yeah, the, the the sort of like more factual side of this is this mm-hmm. the the real rockets led tests were going on in New Mexico. Not that that dramatically shifts the availability of water all that much, but yeah, they're not um, they're gonna have to bring that kind of thing in. Obviously, it's not something you can just pull out of the ground. So gotcha. Um, yeah, it, but that was that's you know uh, that was I sort of mentioned that last minute. I think is that the the deceleration component of this is really what comes in that's the really important part of the trip um for Mm -hmm. for guys like stap is is what are the effects at that point well how is the body being thrown forward and what are the effects on the body and that water is really critical to making that happen um and you can see the spray come up so that's a really realistic representation of the deceleration though it happens a lot faster for indy than it does for john stapp he had to go through a couple of sequences to slow down enough and they were trying to get a really big slowdown and that's where he gets these massive negative g's when um he's going through that process that's when he's breaking the bones and things it's not on the acceleration it's oh, when wow. he's Gosh. he's decelerating and it's he's getting thrown into those straps yeah um and so that's where all of the real force is i think there's um there was something like 40 where did i write it down some crazy four tons of force <laughs> wow. when he's when Jeez, he man. goes through that um God. and you know, the the G rating. So, I mean, you know, if you think about it, what are the, you know, effects of um, G forces in other kinds of flight? So when you're launching aboard, a, say, space shuttle, G forces don't ex- don't exceed three Gs. And you've got somebody oh, really? who's being subjected to 46 Gs. Jeez, <laughs> man. Wow. How so, would you would you like you would pass out? It seems, like did John Stapp pass out. It seems like he would pass out no matter what. Yeah, I think there, I, 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 I seem to remember reading that he did pass out, but it wasn't, again, it was this, like, he would get up from this and walk away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, even if he passed out, I mean, 
you know, that's, that's kind of a, the body's natural reaction. Um, he was able to kind of come to and move on with his day, strangely enough. Well, but Dol- the, you know, does. He yeah, he does. Out. And that's, he so that's, yeah, so that's, yeah. yeah, that's realistic. Um, yeah. and the blowback of the faces that comes at the very beginning of the minute, uh-huh. that's, I, we talked about that before. That's very realistic. So the sort of, other than the effects, uh, you know, them, the, not having any kind of restraint device on them. Although there is a seat in this sled. I mean, it's at the front, which you get to yeah. see in this minute. Yeah. Um, you know, that's all the construction of the sled isn't all that inaccurate. It doesn't look all that far off from what it, I mean, it's hmm. kind of obviously movie stylized, but, um, I wonder yeah, how far they that, would have, it, how far they would have flown when it hit the water. Uh, yeah. The track was a lot, the track, the test track would have been a lot longer than this. So when you look at the, those videos, there's a lot more to the track than just like, this is the end of the track that they're reaching. Well, like, um, I, I mean, I wonder how far been... Indy and Dovchenko would have flown. Like, it seems like they would have <laughs> oh. just, like, when they hit that water, it seems like they would have kept going. Yeah, and that's what in. you see in those videos. They would have gone uh, quite a bit farther. So this maybe you know, they've cut out a couple of uh, op- times when they hit water or something, because they would have mm. needed a lot more to slow down than just that one puddle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder how and whose idea it was to include a rocket sled in this movie. <laughs> It's like, did somebody <laughs> visit a museum or something? And so, yeah, be well, cool, and then let's do it upright yeah. with the water at the end, you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I It's funny because I was there not long ago. I probably should have asked the question, but um, Alamogordo, New Mexico is home of the New Mexico Museum of Space History. And they were the museum that had been borrowing the rocket sled from the from my museum for many years. And they had a part of the track there and they had the sled on the track. And so and that was the home of John Stapp. That, that's where oh, okay. um, he lived many years. And so they're you know they've they've had they had it set up so that you could kind of see what it would have looked like um in a location not too far from where they did the actual testing so you're kind of in the area around white sands um Uh so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening in that area um research wise back then (laughs) and even now so they, they could have like they could have just gone straight from the rocket sled to the the atom bomb test <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 all within the same region, so it's not you know it's not a um it's not a huge leap. Mm-hmm. I just I love how you just called the Smithsonian your museum. That's <laughs> 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 all do that. You know, I used to. No, I used to work. Well, it's funny because we 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 look at it that way, but also we look at the like I always, when I talk about objects or my collection, I say my collection because <laughs> like my name is attached to those things now, um, at least until I retire. But oh, totally, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I, I feel would a sense of ownership for sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. of course, I feel a sense of ownership and responsibility. So you know, it just kind of comes naturally. I, well, one thing I like is when uh, when they are both kind of passed out here and Indy kind of wakes up you get this really <gasps> soft night sky and a really yep. beautiful gentle glow of the runway lights and you hear the crickets and it really yep. I just want to curl up and take a nap this seems like the coziest <laughs> nicest okay. scene so this scene to me was the 
sort of classic morning after a one night stand face. He kind of has that like, ew, I have just done this thing with this person. Get away from me. He kind of gently lifts the head. It is as though they have fallen asleep together. You're not getting breakfast. <laughs> On a rocket. Right. I'm out of here. <laughs> it is really like he, he, he grabs a lot of face when he pushes his hand, his face out of the way. Yeah. Like he kind of. He sticks his hand and he gets a lot of cheek and he is really yeah. Well, okay, so so this is what's fascinating to me is we just had you know our previous minute was one of visceral you know screaming gore and violence and like indie style like just brutal punches, dude getting hoisted up with a chain, choking, you know, and then it's like the entire we have the rocket right. And then the timbre of the movie, you know, has once again, it's it's slipped on a banana peel and we're (laughs) we're back in this completely like it's just like it's it's sort of, uh, you know, it's back to like whimsy and, uh, you know, kind of like farcical. Yeah. What's the first thing he does? He looks for his magic hat. (laughs) And also, like, if you listen to the music, it's kind of like, you know, it's 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 playful. And like he, he yeah. yeah, he like he, he, you know, I mean, think about it. He's like, get this big face away from me, you know, <laughs> and, and it's it's funny. The scene is like back to a funny thing. But you're like, or Indy could take his gun, shoot him <laughs> no, and then he arm threw his himself. Gun away. He threw his gun well, away after he was ran out of bullets. That is true. But Indy, I'm assuming Indy doesn't know <laughs> that. Like he could <laughs> rifle through and try and, you know, and yeah. and then. What he does is like he gets up and I, I understand he's just been through 46 G or whatever, but he kind of does like a whoa, 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 and falls back in a pile of dust. <laughs> I'm just saying so, the, the, you know, it, it, the, it, the, the, like the tone of the movie changes once again on a dime. So, you know, I've listened to uh, you guys do this for three seasons, three movies, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody in the listener society will, you know, kind of say shame on you for not remembering this. But did you guys ever talk about Indy as sort of the human version of Pigpen from Charlie Brown? (laughs) (laughs) Because that sounds like something we'd say, but I don't think we did. No, that's. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that. We because really, like, that. that was, yeah, I mean, I'm going back to, like, the King's Dominion comment because there's Snoopy stuff all over that place. Pigpen yeah. has, you know, he's perpetually followed around by a cloud of dust. And so, literally, in from the moment Indy's feet touch that ground, it is the cloud of dust everywhere. Like, the, you know, the rain cloud over his head. It's the, it's not that. It's the dust cloud that follows his feet. So And, and you know what? Pigpen has a certain flat affect to him, too. And, yeah. and and I would say Indy does, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, Pigpen's nonplussed. He's just, <laughs> nothing, nothing really riles him, you know? I'll endeavor to run a tidy in, wherever he says during like, the Christmas play. Yeah, he's, and I'd say Indy, like Pigpen makes it up as he goes. I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's not making up anything. Yeah. He's just walking around. <laughs> he's got he's nothing definitely. to make up. He's just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were both apparently neglected as children as well. Yeah, that could easily be. Don't really care what others think about them. <laughs> well, I watched this. Uh, I agree that the tone of the movie changes right here, but 
it's for, I don't know. To me, it seems kind of appropriate. Like we had this big, crazy, yeah, yeah super violent blitz, but then we're coming down. The sled's mm-hmm. coming to a stop. It's like kind of like it seems like <laughs> like I watched this. I watched Indy falling off the thing like maybe 50 times trying to figure out why I didn't hate it. <laughs> and I don't hate it. I think it's kind of wow. it kind of works. It's kind of funny. I, th- I think part oh. of it is Harrison Ford's like super weird. Like, like he's messed up. He's like, yeah, you know, kind of worried yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And he's and he looks yeah, a lot like a post carbonite Han when he's doing it. Yeah. 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 Just kind of like janked up and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh he grabs his hat and falls down, and there's a big puff of, of dust. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Kind of makes me think of the uh, infamous story about him, um, about Harrison Ford and the uh, saucepan. Uh, oh, yeah. The limo. Yeah. Yeah. Has <laughs> he been, yeah. like, smoking a little bit before this scene? <laughs> Just before the scene. Yeah, let me know two minutes before we go on. <laughs> Maybe this is one prepare. of those things where they're like, all right, we just gave the audience a lot. You know, yeah, we, we need I, to I give feel him a like that's a Spielberg here. thing. Yeah, you gotta totally. give him a breather. Mm-hmm. Totally. Although, although, he's now that you mentioned this, Jennifer, I'm thinking he's a lot more like Pigpin because if they just, if the way this thing stopped was by water sloshing all around it, <laughs> and then he falls oh. and there's a cloud of dust, it seems like he would have had to bring that dust with him because <laughs> that ground is just gonna yeah. be mud. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. How does he not? Yeah. How does he not end up in mud? Um, <sighs> Yeah, and Pigpen still has that cloud around him in like the snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? Yeah, they find you a know, way. It's a pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, these movies always have all these little Easter eggy things. And um, I don't know if there is any Easter egg to this, but I one thing I noticed. Um, and maybe it's just my Midwest upbringing that made me notice it. But did you guys note the um, serial number on the front of the sled? Uh, yeah, it was uh, E. What was it? E M H M C H seventy two. Yeah. So I look at that from a distance and I see Eastern Michigan. so i'm now going to be on a quest to figure out who on the crew (laughs) graduated from eastern michigan in 1972 there's a connection here it's like the you know using the phone numbers and you know area codes or whatever in different things somebody put that there for a reason you don't just make up those letters (laughs) in that order it's hilarious i can't get past the fact that this entire scene where the the sled comes to a rest, uh, looks like it was shot indoors. I know oh, you want to yeah. curl up and go to sleep, Pete, but <laughs> nothing about this looks out remotely outdoors. That's funny. I was complaining about that earlier, but I didn't get that sense right I didn't here. Get that sense I hear either. Huh. Maybe because it's dark. I mean, it's nighttime. You can't really. You wouldn't be able to see farther. So maybe it. You know, I think that was um, something I read about online too. Is that there were there are other people who have picked up on that sense and uh, in other parts of the film that you have yet to review mm-hmm. as part of mm-hmm. the podcast. We're um, people about believed it was done inside, but really it was done outside. Um, right. The big sequence is the jungle chase sequence mm. um people are like convinced that it was done on a state on a sound stage um but it was actually done in like the jungles of hawaii or something yeah so. yeah weird. um so this might be another one of those and they did film i mean they filmed on sound stages but they did do a lot of filming in new mexico so um 
Although I will say oh, a lot of that water... Giant fake rocket sled out there, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think as great as the rocket uh, visuals are, I feel like the water looks a little CGI, like when oh, they really? come to a stop. Hmm. Why are we being so kind to this movie? I'm not having any of these problems with anything. <laughs> I, think, I think the water looks fine. I think it's funny when Indy falls down and goes boom. Oh, I like to fall <laughs> down uh, and go boom. Yeah, no, I think I think I, I don't mind the water looking CGI so much. It, it uh, I think this whole scene is kind of nice. Well, you know what? The whole movie does have a sheen of CGI over it, and that might be what you're talking it about, does. Jennifer. Like the kind of yeah. indoor sense. Yeah. Like even yeah. like the warehouse. The warehouse looks like it's kind of like they painted gold over it or something. Or well, then like yeah, they added they dust into or those something. Crates and the crates exploded like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just kind of there's like a fakiness to everything. Mm-hmm. I just I just it had a, like a, right. a terrifying thought. Uh oh. What if watching this movie one minute at a time, like each individual minute is better than the sum? Oh, weird. Hmm. Because we we haven't experienced that on any of the other movies really i mean raiders was brilliant no matter where and where you were how you were but the other two movies i remember we were saying you know okay look the problem is we're watching this one minute at a time and we're not watching (laughs) it as a movie if we just watched it as a movie we wouldn't be picking it apart and being so ridiculous about it Mm, you know i did that and that was the i mentioned that on the listener society i think i celebrated something i don't even remember what it was but i celebrated something by sitting down and watching crystal skull like a month ago (laughs) and i i I, I, I was like what's wrong with me that i'm doing this but i actually really (laughs) enjoyed it as a film but i still noticed those weird moments of it like feeling too glossy and too Uh uh-huh um, yeah. too shiny and that jungle scene the, I don't know if it was like in the colorization well maybe yeah. hey maybe that's part of it we're dealing with film this is still film this is not a digital this was not made yeah. digitally maybe that's it maybe they just hmm. colored the film in a weird way or something I don't know maybe well, this was one of his first projects no I guess it wasn't one of his first but it, it, he did have a different cinematographer than he did with the other Raiders or the other yeah. Indiana Jones movies so might be partially why it's different but I I feel like almost every minute we've watched so far, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I feel like we haven't. Ha- I mean, Tom will probably disagree, but no, I, I, think Jerry, I mean, I would. Too. I think Jerry's got something there that maybe the minutes <laughs> maybe. add up to more than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe each. Well, we'll have to see. It's just a thought. We'll we'll put it on that. We'll put it on our little our little vision board or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might also be that we don't like know this movie nearly as well as the others. Yeah. And we're yeah, expecting to hate it. And so, like, you know. Yes, that's just taking it in little chunks. We're kind yeah. of like, oh, look at that. Well, son of a gun. Yeah. That, that, that I, when I rewatched it, I guarantee you, and I remember people talking about it even last season or it coming up and people, you know, referencing it a certain way. And sitting down and watching it, I thought it was just kind of fun. It yeah. really, I yeah. didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. It was just like, because I wasn't watching it, obviously, yet to analyze it this way, but just to kind of sit down and, and refresh my memory on it, I was like, this isn't as bad as I remember. Um, yeah. You know, it was 2008, and I was trying to think, well, what was going on in 2008 that might have colored my memory, <laughs> colored my experience then, and, you know, what changes that now? So, and then maybe that's part of it, is that I've had enough distance from 2008 and enough other experiences to go, oh, this isn't, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe um, everything that's happened with, you know, sort of Disney, Disney and Star Wars and all that has changed the way I just 
kind of generally look at movies. Yeah, I was mm. just wondering that because we were all just coming out of uh, the prequels. And I yeah. know some people really like the prequels, but for, you know, especially some of us who were around for some of the, at least some of the original trilogy, they had such a different look and a different feel. Mm-hmm. And this this has a, a similar look at points, I think, to some of the prequels. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's yeah. part of what a lot of us were like, Ugh. even though because when I went back and watched this, I also really enjoyed it. And I think I was like, why did I dislike this so much? But then I, I got later on in the movie and I remembered part of the right. <laughs> part of the beginning of this movie, yeah. I think is fantastic. We're, we're a minute 18. I'm not signing anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a ways to go. But but I, yeah. I have. Yeah, there have the minutes uh, with with some exception. The minutes have been digestible. <laughs> <laughs> with with you know past the worst system. Someone yeah. sounds like he's hedging already, but <laughs> medium to <laughs> like mild to medium indigestion. But you know, um, speaking of indigestion, speaking of mild to medium indigestion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming in over the wire, burping. Tom, oh. give us one of your burps. <laughs> I say no, I don't no, have no, one. No, 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 no. I only do them off the air. <laughs> We've already had Jerry chewing on the air. <laughs> <laughs> this just in from Professor Christy Porter. Who or what did the prairie dogs represent? Ooh. They're the audience surrogate. <laughs> Observing the action of the rocket slide. Said in a pig pen voice. Harrison Ford is as pig pen. I didn't think I looked that good. <laughs> yeah, they are a stunned American public at the all the wonder created by technology yeah. in the 1950s. Yes. Yeah. They are for um, burying their heads back in the sand about the nuclear guys, threat. Yeah, those poor guys are about to have their world They're turned stuck. upside down too. Yeah. Would that ever be possible for those things like did, did I mean did they did they watch things like that? I mean if 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 a rocket screech They're screech like meerkats the, the way yeah, they're Yeah, like there. all their heads are going in mm-hmm. unison. Yeah. Watching, I, I would assume that they duck down into their hole like in real life. You don't think they're acting like actual hedgehogs or whatever they are, do you, Jerry? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, I'm a little surprised you're not more on board with these, Tom, with your, your uh, one of your other myriad of podcasts. I hated that gopher. I thought that gopher was horrible. <laughs> and I hate these guys. Did you? <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The gopher's rotten yeah. in Caddyshack. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. It's not a kid's movie. <laughs> well, what we did not hate, it, what we absolutely did not hate was having you with us, Jennifer, all week. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for well, being Well, thank here. you guys for having me back. It's always fun to talk to you guys and, um, you know, kind of get a chance to step a little bit outside my normal uh, interviewing comfort zone and uh talk about something that i certainly have a strong attachment to um from you know maybe you know definitely goes back farther than 2008 but <laughs> it's still pretty <laughs> well and i just wanted to say i had a chance uh to meet meet with you in person at your museum and uh yes. and i know tom you met jennifer too and I was absolutely yeah, blown away. Yeah, I had not been to the Smithsonian in in a long time, and certainly in the you know not the Air and Space Museum. And I was, I was floored. Like I could have spent weeks there. 
Yeah, I've spent 17 years. And <laughs> <old>. <laughs> and I, I would like the right the Wright brothers room blew me away. That was that was my I, I think yeah. my favorite part of the Air and Space Museum, at least. Could you just uh, explain yeah. what yours is real quick? What's your favorite part? My favorite? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of that exhibit, actually, for somebody who doesn't, you know, I'm a um, uh, self-proclaimed uh, airplane know-nothing. Um, I really, that that space to me is very symbolic of sort of the path that our museum is taking going forward. And that muse- that exhibit came out in 2003, but it was really that it's a sort of part of a turning point for the museum and, and museums generally and rethinking how we talk about artifacts and how we interact with the public and how we do certain kinds of uh, educational opportunities and things like that. But my exhibition that I, you know, I was part of and I'm working on now revising for the new version of the museum is, um, is about the space shuttle and space station. And, um, Hmm. you know, I'm, you know, I'm, who's not going to say they don't like their own work. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a really important space for me. Um, to kind of get opportunities to, it's a, we've got a stage in there and I go and usually do when astronauts come through the building, I get an opportunity to introduce them and meet them and talk to them about their experiences. And so I've got a lot of really good memories in that particular room. Yeah. So that was a, that was a wonderful, wonderful visit and a wonderful day. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm glad I've got a, a chance obviously to, um, to see what you do as well, which was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, and that really means um, pressure's on, Pete. Time for a visit to your <laughs> Space Museum. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> cool. Well, anything else you'd like to share before we head uh, into the no, weekend? No, I'm good. I, I'm okay. good. I, I hope you guys, I hope you can carry through some of the good feelings about this movie a, a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, we I'll try. definitely hold on a little while. Like I think we're, we're close to losing Tom and... Jerry may have fallen off the sled already. I'm not sure. (laughs) We'll see. But everybody else, please hang on uh, at least to to the Indiana Jones Minute sled as we will be back Monday for Minute 19 of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Smithsonian! (laughs) 